24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is The Voice, Jim Williams. What's going on, Jim? I don't know who that douchey voiceover guy was, but glad to have him aboard. Uh, Heard he's a stud. Wait, that was me. Oh, okay. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, I think we should, before we go any further, explain our our absence from yesterday, uh, from uh, Monday, I should say. Yes, um, my immune system sucks, and I was a little under the weather. I had no voice, and that's why we weren't here on Monday. But we are. No, here no, today. no, no, no. That, that's that's not what you told me earlier. No. You you were going to have uh, a ball in the fall at the Poconos. Yes. As uh, your host for the most at the Poconos. Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Yes, That's I what you were doing. Take my wife to beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pre-show is better than the real show, folks, I tell you. Uh, pre-show is a lot of laughs, but it could get us possibly thrown off the air if we actually aired it. So. Well, yeah, this is true. So, But before we go... Any further, we have to talk about our new intro. Yeah, please do. It, it, our, it's great. It, it's it's amazing. It's a song called Beautiful by the rock band Adrenaline. Great, great band. Uh, we entered into a partnership with Adrenaline along with the uh, Women's Indoor Football League, who we uh, support tremendously here on uh, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. Uh, so you're going to hear a lot of stuff about Adrenaline, uh, you know, as long as we're on air. Uh, maybe some different intro music every now and then. We'll have... Some of the band members on who uh, who are here are some sports fans, yeah. and uh, you know if you're into rock music, you got to check them out, and it's adrenalinemusic.com. You hooked me up with some of their some of their music uh, recently. Uh, by the way, we we fully encourage you to download and and what have you buy their music, buy the album, buy the uh, album, as it were. But their their music's great. It really is. It's up tempo and like their band name it says, it gives you a good shot of adrenaline. I like it. It's good it's stuff. Up. Yeah, you can go to adrenalinemusic.com, and that's D-R-E-N-A-L-I-N music.com. You can check out some of their sample tracks. Also, uh, find out where they're playing their next show. Uh, here we got uh, some big plans with the w, uh, with the WIFL and Adrenaline uh, in the future, as well as 24-7 Sports Hub Radio, and we're looking, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to having them on with us and to continue uh, this new partnership with them. Great guys. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, and uh, great music. Glad to have it aboard. Is uh, giving us a little... A little jolt as we get into the 12 oh, noon yeah. hour on a Wednesday. Yeah! Oh, day. There you go, man. That's going to be nice on Mondays, man. Rocking out, man, after a nice weekend. Rocking out with your... Oh, wait. Hey, hey, hey. We're a family... Not the kind of... We're a family bleeping show, I understand. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's recap some of the scores from week three. Unfortunately, we do that on Mondays. But we're going to do that now because I was a schmuck and I was sick on Monday, so I couldn't be here and... Your stuff. words, not mine. And also, I was at Mount Airy Lodge, the beautiful yeah. Mount Airy Lodge. Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Don't forget, they're your uh, host with the most in the Poconos. Take your loved one to the beautiful mountains of the Poconos. Right. Yes, yeah, so and then toss her off at the other edge of the cliff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how marriages end. That is terrible. That's a horrible display. It's a shame it happened on our airwaves. That's disgusting. I'm Joe Buck. Okay. Terrible person, Joe Buck. Well, this is not what – by the way, tangentially, one more reason to hate Joe Buck. You know who he's engaged to now? Terrific. <laughs> Actually, I was, gonna, I was looking for Tim McCarver, but close. Uh, former cheerleader with, I believe, the Denver Broncos, and now uh, an NFL Network reporter and anchor, Michelle Beisner. Really? And, uh, she, she is quite the fetching female, I must say. So That's... one more reason to hate Joe Buck. I, I mean, I have plenty of reasons. I, I don't need to have more reasons, because I'll never run out of reasons to hate Joe Buck. So. Well, yeah, no. There you uh, go. All right, let's take a look at the Week 3 games. The New York Jets defeating the Buffalo Bills 27-20. The New York Jets now 2-1. and one. What kind of an alternate universe are we living in? Okay, know, but it's a, it's, it's a universe that I love dearly. Of course you do, because you are, you know, you're the new Fireman Ed, because Fireman Ed doesn't want to be Fireman Ed. I am Fireman Ed. That was a terrible fireman. Edinburgh. That was the that is a horrible display. Are we going back to that impression Monday? Uh, you know, uh, excuse me, Sunday with uh, you, me, and John. It was terrible. Oh, that was terrible. 
All right, let's get into this now. Cincinnati Bengals defeating the Green Bay Packers. Bengals now 2-1. Packers drop to 1-2. The Dallas Cowboys defeating the St. Louis Rams convincingly 31-7, which we thought that was going to be a close game, Jim. DeMarco Murray had himself a game. It's about damn time, and I kept him started in my league, so I'm happy. Good for you. Tennessee Titans dropping the San Diego Chargers 20-17, to and not really an action-packed game, but a very close one. Titans it was, now 2-1. It was kind of just there. Yeah, it was yeah. just there. Here goes one. Cleveland Browns, 1-2 and two on the season now, defeating the Minnesota Vikings, who are now 0-3. Christian We're going Pond- to the Super Bowl, Cleveland. Not quite. Christian Pond is just terrible. In the words of uh, Casey Kasem, he's bleeping ponderous, man. In the words of Christian Ponder's wife, you can do it, honey. New England Patriots now 3-0 on the season. 23-3 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, you know what? Uh, Kimbrell Tompkins, among other new weapons, kind of stepping up their game, stepping their game up, stepping their chain up for the uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady. Like that. You know, you know I don't, and the defense looked darn good, but there are plenty of problems in Tampa Bay, and we will discuss them after we go over the scores here. Absolutely, Saint. What, excuse me, New Orleans Saints now three and zero on the season with a thirty-one to seven win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Saints. Uh, 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 uh. You did it again. Oh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. Why do we always mix up St. Louis Cardinals and Arizona Cardinals? Well, I guess you live in the '80s. That's what it comes down to. I live in the '80s. At beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. It all comes back little circle. Last time that place was even freaking relevant. I'm a teeny uh, little super guy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Arizona yeah. Cardinals are now one and two. On Arizona the- Cardinals, can I get a booyah? They have another quarterback change there. Carson Palmer out. We'll tell you who's in in a little bit. Uh, Matt Weiner? <laughs> It's it's like Wheel of Fortune and how they had like the the turntable spin around back in the day with all the different prizes. Pick your quarterback. Any one of these quarterbacks could be up for grabs today. And they're all sucky quarterbacks. By yes, the way. they are. They are the uh, Tim. T- they are the uh, Tim Tebow of quarterback quarterbacks. Really. Detroit oh, is knocking off the Washington Redskins. Redskins now zero and three. The final score of that game was twenty-seven to twenty. RG three, man. I refuse to you, – you know how – can I just say – you mentioned the Redskins and their their horrible play. You know how various people in the press, uh, Christine Brennan, uh, Peter uh, Peter King with uh, NBC Sports, uh, Bill Simmons, they refuse to say Redskins. I'm going to make a, a, a similar, pro, pro, yet similar yet different proclamation. I will not recognize the Redskins as an NFL football team. I won't until they get rid of Lobster Man, Mike Shanahan. Well, actually, there's another team on here I will not recognize as an NFL team or a CFL team or an NFL Europa team. Is that that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, I thought you meant the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I'll recognize the St. Louis Cardinals before I recognize the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that is very true. The Carolina Panthers with a, a dominating win, 38 to zero over the now 0 three New York Giants. Once again, it's that annual rite of passage, a tradition unlike any other, Tom Coughlin's head being called for on a stick. Wow. Is all I got to say is wow. Eli Manning was anemic. The running game was non-existent. Uh, you know, it's mind-boggling. There there are some serious mofo problems in East Rutherford. Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly. Let's take a step back here. Sure. Three weeks into the season, if mm-hmm. you if I had told you your Jets would have a better record than the Giants, you would have been like, "Are you believing me?" As as much as I love my New York Jets to death, you got to be a realist here. You have to be a realist with the teams that you love. If they're bad, they're bad. If they're good, they're good. But this is why sports is great. You never know. You just never ever know. Look at the Houston Texans. We thought their defense was going to dominate. And yet, their defense is doing everything opposite of that. Yeah, they got blitzkrieged. 30 to 9. Absolutely. 30 to 9 by the now 2 and 1 Baltimore Ravens. Who would have thought that? Because. No, not me. Honestly, Houston Texas should be 3 and 0 right now. There's no question about it. But by the same token, you can make a darn good case they could be 0 3 because their, their two victories were come from behind last second victories and one play here, one play there. There you go. They're not playing good. Matt Schaub, not, really not. I mean, he's whatever, mediocre at best right now, Matt Schaub. Yeah. 
But so are the running backs. Arian Foster is not playing good football, not getting the carries he he deserves. And the fact that yeah, way. Ben Tate, exactly, they're yeah. platooning them, and that's good for neither of the men. Yeah. In this Crazy. Instance. But, wow, I mean, you know, just looking at those teams, let's go to another team that who would have thunk they would be up there, 3-0. Miami Dolphins with a 27-23 win over the Atlanta Falcons, who are now 1-2 and as well. Didn't see that coming, but again, there's something to be said for the rapport between uh, Tannehill and Brian Hartline. Uh, they've got something good going on in Miami, it seems, early on. Yeah, it's, so. it's crazy. I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis Colts with a 27-7 win over the San Francisco 49ers, who are now 1-2. Colin Kaepernick. What happened to Colin Kaepernick from week one? Will the real Colin Kaepernick please stand up, please stand up, please stand up? Well, it's not just him. The defense has let them down. The defense for the 49ers, not as stout as they once were, for lack of better terms. And, well, they got another big blow just after the game, and we'll tell you about that momentarily as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, it, it's it's a soap opera in San Francisco, and it's uh, a soap opera in San Francisco. We know what you're thinking. Don't break out the rainbows yet. Um, but but <laughs> rainbows are beautiful, colorful things in San Francisco city. That's anyway. Poor Jim. <laughs> Shut up. You're just jealous you couldn't make the joke. Let's get to the Seattle Seahawks with a 45-17 to win over the London Jaguars. Could possibly happen. Jaguars now 0-3. If you're going to say London, you have to say the proper pronunciation of Jaguars. Jaguars. London Jaguars? Yes. Would you like a spot of tea, Blaine? Oh, uh, blimey, yes. Blaine Gabbert is going back to the starting quarterback of the Jaguars. Well, that, well, they're they're screwed. Thank you. Yeah, Chad Henney didn't fare any better anyway, so it doesn't really matter with that. Honestly, Yo, Gabba Gabbard. Sign Tim Tebow. It ain't gonna hurt you. In fact, it'll put it'll put butts in the seats, and that's what you need. Let me tell you, I I, I have confidence that Tim Tebow can at least get this team two wins before Chad Henney and Blaine Gabbert can. Combined, yeah. Combined. I agree. But that's, that's just great. me. Steelers, zero and three. The Chicago Bears, three and zero as the Bears. Beat the Steelers, forty to twenty-three. The Steelers are a bunch of players on walkers and hover rounds right now. <laughs> hover round takes me where I want to go. See ben, ben Roethlisberger doing donuts in his hover round by the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get June Allison in halftime with the cheerleaders with the Depends commercial because you've got a lot of living to do. That's that's the whole situation. But seriously, they are just so far gone right now. They're so old. They've got no – Antonio Brown is the best player on that team. No doubt about it. Yeah, he he had a big, big game against Chicago. And that's about it. Yeah. So, you know. The, the, the running backs are awful. Yeah, Roethlisberger is going to throw for yardage, but – you know no, what? No, he ain't over touchdowns either. Roethlisberger is your classic between the twenties quarterback. He'll eat up everything between the twenties. You get him in the red zone, ice, ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. But that's it for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's uh, they're done. There, there's no question about it. Uh, once again, Pittsburgh, don't whine about this. Your Pirates are in the postseason, so shut up. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, look at it. Who would have thought Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants, after week three would be a combined zero six? Crazy. In a year that seems so improbable, the impossible has happened. The impossible. Let's get to the Monday night football matchup. Peyton Manning. Peyton. Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos, also 3-0, and knocking down the Oakland Raiders 37-21. Good game from Terrell Pryor. Oakland needs better from Terrell Pryor to win these types of games. Well, it's more like he needs uh, not so much from Pryor so much as it is well, yeah, parts around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. McFadden again. I mean, what's going on with Darren McFadden? Uh, yeah, uh, Jekyll Hyde action is what it is. With the Broncos, though, we got to take a second on the Broncos. Just how incredible they've been. Clear head and shoulders, the best team in football. If Manning stays healthy, there is no reason to think they can't win it all. Let me beg a question, though, with you. Could they, I know this is really early, 3-0, and could they make a run at, you know, the unblemished season? The Broncos? Yes. No question about it. You you think they can go 16-0? With the way they're playing right now, there's no question about it. 
So you're telling me the Eagles will lose by 80 this Sunday? No question about it. <laughs> I disagree. They will lose by 100 at halftime. No, I, I honestly think the Denver Broncos could have a very good chance of putting up anywhere between 50 to 60 points against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just talking, you know, long term looking at the at the you know the rest of the season i, I it's just amazing i'm i'm an all pardon by the way yeah i don't know if you saw it on sports center last night they did the the book of manning the 18 chapters on sports center of peyton manning the 10 commandments of peyton manning it was pretty much not unlike that no. um you know well, leave it leave it to the four letter network to uh you know fillet something like that you know? could, if you look at the teams coming up in Denver's schedule, mm-hmm. the only teams that I think could really honestly stand a chance against defeating the Denver Broncos would possibly be the Indianapolis Colts in Week 7, maybe the New England Patriots in Week 12. Depending on who's there. Exactly. Or the Houston Texans in Week 16. Other than that, I don't see Philly... The Cowboys, oh, the Jaguars, the Redskins, the Chargers, the Chiefs. Maybe the Chiefs. The Chiefs might put up a fighting chance, um, but I still think Peyton Manning is going to dissect that defense there. I'm going to, I'm going to try to coach him up well, and if we can't beat Peyton, I'll take full responsibility for the loss. <clears throat> Time, George. Thank you, Andy. Well, Andy, you mentioned the Chiefs. Come on. And, That's a, yeah. You know, Denver Broncos, wow. I mean, seriously. They wow. are. I'm awestruck by them, and I – and I get to watch them. I'm just going to watch Red Zone this weekend. Who the hell am I kidding? After after week three, Peyton Manning, 1,100-plus yards, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. I believe he has the most touchdowns in a three-game stretch of any quarterback in NFL history. Amazing. The first three games, I should say, beating Tom Brady of all people. So good company to keep. Yeah. Uh, I agree with John Leary from uh, New England Sports Radio uh, in the chat right now. He goes, wouldn't that be an upset if Jacksonville somehow beats the Broncos? Yeah. I think if Jacksonville beats the Broncos, Peyton would probably hang himself. Or at the very least, he would hang up his uh, his cleats. Ah, you know what, man? <laughs> I, guess I would retire have... if I lost to the Jaguars. I, I, I would, yeah. I would probably quit sports. I would. I would. No, I'm not going to say what you said. But uh, yeah. Oh man. Well, um, it's you know after week three, Jim, and our pick them. We're still close. We're very, very close. We both had an off week. We hope, we've both had a very very off week. I went eight and eight. You went seven and nine. You have a overall record of twenty six and twenty two. I have an overall record of twenty eight and twenty. So you lead by two on me, you son of a gun. Yes, sir. But let's get into week four, and I already can't believe it's going to be week four in the NFL. It's, it's, it's just snapping one's fingers. We're at the quarter pole almost. Insane. We will pick our week four games on Friday, but tomorrow there is a game, so we have to pick at least that game, and that is the one and two San Francisco Forty ers against the 1-2 St. Louis Rams. Jim, in this matchup, who do you have? Who do I have? Well, I can see this going completely either way. I really can, considering how St. Louis can play well at times this season, has played well at times this season, uh, played up to their A game, and especially how Colin Kaepernick and company have underperformed mightily, shall we say. (laughs) Ultimately... There's just there are too many weapons at play, and they can't be as bad as we've seen the last two weeks. So by a by a slim margin, I expect it to be a squeaker. I'm going San Francisco. Yeah, I gotta go San Francisco as well. I mean, honestly, Colin Kaepernick has proved he's a good quarterback. He's had an off two weeks. There's gotta be a time where he's gonna pick it up. And I'd like to think against St. Louis is that time. Exactly, if it gets this defense, it's gotta be that time. Plus, I can't pick a team that has Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, excuse me, Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator. I can't stand that guy. So. He's not your main man. He is not my main man. No. But let's talk a little bit about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that we were talking a little bit about before. Benching quarterback Josh Freeman. Installing Napoleon Dynamite as their quarterback. For Vote the- for Pedro! Uh, Mike Lennon taking over the quarterback spot for Tampa Bay. He does, honestly, to me, he looks like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. To John Leary, he looks like Don Flamenco from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. <laughs> I like that, too. But now, also, Josh Freeman on the market to be traded. Mm-hmm. They finally did it now, Jim. Here's my question to you, though. Can Mike Lennon do a better job than Josh Freeman? And also, will somebody actually trade for Josh Freeman? 
I'll take the second question first. Go for it. I think Freeman is going to be traded in season. The man wanted to be traded. Remember, a week or so ago, the news came out. He wanted out. Considering how there are many teams that are looking for an arm in any sense of the word, somebody will take a flyer on Josh Freeman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. Now, back to the first question. Can Mike Glennon improve upon what Freeman has done? It's possible. I don't think it's probable. Sometimes it, it comes down to not so much the quarterbacks, but the person calling the signals. And in this instance, uh, it, you know, Greg Schiano systems, they're not working in the NFL. He'll be done after the season. Oh, no, he, he's, he's as going good back to as college well. with his tail between his legs. Yeah, and instead of Rutgers, he'll be going to some uh, FCS school or something, probably. Um, but, you know, it's. Because Freeman, I mean, we saw greatness his rookie year. I mean, he went, what was it, 10-6, and six, I think, the first year he was in the league? He was, you know, he was one of the young guns, kind of like we see with Kaepernick and Wilson in, in, in going into this year. We thought, well, this guy's got to be good. And then, you know, he hit the wall. And I don't think it's completely all his fault. That's all I'm saying. No. No, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I, I think Josh Freeman is a very capable NFL quarterback. I think yeah, he's not a star quarterback. Nobody's no, going to mistake him for a top ten. He's not, but there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that aren't star quarterbacks but lead their teams to decent records. Exactly. Josh Freeman, I think, could be a lot better on a different team. This is the team not for him. I thought he did better before Graciano came with this team. I agree. So honestly, I I I have to put it on Graciano. I'm not a fan of his at all. I, I he, he'll be done. Yeah, I mean he. He tried to do what he could to implement some of the uh, uh, mannerisms and techniques that he had at Rutgers, and it just flopped uh, like, uh, insert your favorite basketball player who flops here. Yeah. Now, what about Mike Glennon, who, Ray Blanchett from Blanchett Sports Holdings in our uh, chat room, good friend uh, of ours here on the show, said they probably drafted him from Tampa Bay Elementary School. He's got to practice. Ray, Ray, well played. <laughs> what do you think he's going to do for this team? He'll be serviceable at best. I, I don't see him being the be-all, end-all answer. Oh, he's going to turn it around. It's going to be the Brian Hoyer thing. Ah! No, it's not going to be. The, it's not going to be the Brian Hoyer effect like they they had in Cleveland, and that of course maybe just the one week fo uh, folly. He'll have maybe some initial success because nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what kind of quarterback he is. No. But, uh, again, it, sometimes it comes down to the system in place. And in the system in place, I don't think even, you know, uh, a top-flight quarterback, with minor exceptions, of course, can succeed. Mike Lennon, six foot seven. That's big, big dude. Big guy. Big dude. You don't see. He's the biggest 12-year-old in history. <laughs> He had a growth spurt and a half last night. <laughs> so, I, I, I want to hear the post-game interview. I want to be like, hi, I, I'm so glad to be in the NFL. Amazing. Oh, my Amazing. Goodness. Well, well, I guess, you know what, we'll just see what uh, Tampa Bay can do behind Mike Lennon. Uh, let's see if actually, you know, somebody trades for Josh Freeman. If, uh, you know, Arizona could possibly be a destination if, if, if Palmer's out a long enough time. Maybe even Jacksonville. Who knows? Possibly. There are a couple of teams that need quarterbacks, so we'll see what happens there. Mm. 49ers. All done. Wow. Exactly. Uh, drunk as a skunk, crashes his uh, car into a tree, and he was just so drunk he was continuously pressing his accelerator even after he hit the tree. Point fifteen, mm. He blew. Yet he was allowed to play. What do you think of that? There are no words. Um, this, this this goes beyond you know sports, and this is, this is a man's life right now at risk. He is a menace to himself. Uh, he's a menace to anybody who comes in contact with him, um, and he's getting the help that hopefully he needs. And the 49ers wisely said, "Okay, we're not doing anything with this guy anymore." Um, when I heard about the news after uh, the, the, the towards right before the Sunday night game, mm -hmm. it, it just boggles my mind. And, and we see these stories so often in sports anymore, John. Where you, you see a guy who's got such success, such critical acclaim, he's making a lot of money, and he just, for lack of better terms, pisses it all away and does stupid stuff like this. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's. Uh, I want to say it's sad. 
but that's not the proper adjective for me. If you if you catch my drift, because I don't feel bad for the guy. I do, but I don't because he's he's putting himself. He needs the help that he's hopefully going to get. Well, we'll see what happens. But I mean, seriously, you know how blitzed out of your mind you need to be to be driving around just that drunk on a weekday. Uh, you know where there's kids going to school, people going to work. Seven seven thirty in the morning, which is when it happened, could have killed somebody. Could have killed somebody. You know, previous DUIs we saw from the NFL usually see it happen around two, three, four in the morning when there's really not not many people on the roads. Not saying that's not just as dangerous because it is. There are some still people on the roads. Uh, you know, people at work at night and, and whatnot. But you know, at this time you got quadruple the people out. Sure. So. John Leary mentions it in the uh, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio chat on the Blog Talk Radio page, log in if you can, uh, saying that you know the NFL has designated drivers uh, throughout the league for such occurrences. And, you know, it's, and, and he's right. It's so sad these guys don't learn. And, yeah. uh, you know, for every upstanding gentleman you say in the, in the NFL or any pro sport, you get a couple of these who are off the beaten path and go down the road of uh, uh, go down a highway to hell that will ultimately cost their lives. Yeah, and it's sad. It's depressing. It's it's really sad. And what's what's even more sad was the way the San Francisco 49ers handled this. Uh, you know, to them, they needed Aldon Smith more in order to try to beat Indianapolis than to try to help out their employee and somebody that's on their roster. And they should have automatically sent them away to rehab. There, there, there was no way to, you know, there was no reason to wait a couple of days. Do you go? Oh, let me beg the question. Sure. Given everything that's you know, everything you just said, would you go so far to say that the Forty ers sort of kind of enabled his mo his actions? I, I think any team enables that action if they don't take the necessary steps to help these people. Okay, fair I, enough. Honestly, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, what kind of message does that send to? to to these kids who look up to Aldon Smith as a role player in their life, sure, that he was able to do this. You know, listen, to say that kids don't know what's going on in the news, I, I think that's a bunch of bull crap. Because, I mean, with kids today are on tablets, they're on computers, they can see it anywhere. Exactly. You know, I remember when I was a kid, first, you know, going online, America Online, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I would always go to the NBA page, read the news. You know, at that age, you know, I was young, so... Sure. You know, but but what's the message saying? Oh yeah, here's a guy that was driving around so drunk with with ecstasy or whatever pills and marijuana, whatever else was in his car that he could have been on, but yet we're going to let him play the next day. They're rewarding bad behavior. That's nope. what it comes down to. They, There's they no are question glorifying about it. it. Yeah. There's no question about it. You know, and and I was even against the Jets when they did it with Braylon Smith. I, I, he should have sure. sat out that game. Sure. He sat out a quarter. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, it's it's all about the bottom line. The bottom line is money, dollars and cents, and winning and what have you. It's true. Exactly. It disgusts me. It disgusts me. It uh, we're at the halfway point of the show, by the way. If you want to call in and weigh in on anything from the NFL over the week that was, or maybe a thought or two on the Thursday nighter to come, 347-237-5373. That's area code 347-237-5373. If you have your Skype click-to-talk add-on available, just hit the big blue S button, and you click that, and then you're sent to the switchboard, and then Jonathan Ragus will bring you aboard. Yes, I will. Let's also talk a little bit real quick uh, at the halfway mark here about the rock band Adrenaline, who we are in a partnership with, as, yes. as well as the uh, Women's Indoor Football League. They will be playing a show Friday night in Parma, Ohio, at the Rock City Tap House. The band goes on at 8.30 p.m. Tickets are $12.00. And Tia Nipper, the quarterback for the Washington Wildcats at the Women's Indoor Football League, will be at the concert with them on stage with free stuff for the fans. So nice. if you're a fan of rock music, you're a fan of concerts, you're a fan of football, and you're a fan of the Women's Indoor Football League, head out to the Rock City Tap House Friday night, Parma, Ohio. $12 for the ticket. It's affordable. And get your free stuff from Tia Nipper. Moon over Parma. Bring my love to me tonight. Guide her to Cleveland underneath. All right, I'll stop. No, reading that, man. Chicken parmesan now. There you go. There you there's, go. Speaking of Italian food, we got to talk about what is arguably the most mind-numbing injury in recent lore. 
Nate Burleson yes. breaks his arm because his uh, his vehicle crashes into a center median. Mm-hmm. But but why? Was he under the influence? No. Was he taking pills? No. Marijuana? No. We have to save the pizzas! Apparently, uh, Little Caesar, or, or whatever pizza place he went to, he had a couple of p- uh, pizzas in the passenger side seat, and he was just trying to adjust, trying to make sure everything is you know, <coughs> okay. You know, don't want to get anything. Don't want it to fall over and the cheese to slide. I get that. But come on, man. I mean... Gotta save the pizza, man. Well, uh, this, yeah, okay. Rule of thumb I've always learned growing up. If you're, if you're, seat belt it. <laughs> well, not, no, not, not even that. Put it on the floor. Exactly. Put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, the box will get a little dirty, but the pizza will be just fine. I would do it in the trunk. And now his arm is broken, and you know, gonna miss a lot of games. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's no question about it that the Detroit Lions need Nate Burleson. So no question. I mean, now that you know that that does leave a hole. There goes your number two wideout, right? Yeah, there. absolutely. So now you got Ryan Broyles is gonna step up into uh, Burleson's spot. So let me tell you this, if Ryan Broyles blows up and shows that he's a lot better than Burleson, this could also uh, potentially put uh, Burleson uh, down the depth chart. So Could put him out of a job if everything pans out a certain way. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Could, could. Just could, so. could, could. All right, Jim, you know what time it is. It's time for what? Baseball. Oh, yes. Well, we have some clinchings. Uh, since last we talked to you on Friday, we talked, uh, of course, Boston has clinched the AL East. The AL Central is still technically up for grabs. Detroit's magic number is one, which means either one win by them the rest of the way or one Cleveland loss, and they're in. I will say this. I will stake my reputation on it. Detroit will win the American League Central. The West belongs to the Oakland Athletics. They already clinched that over the weekend. The Braves clinched on Sunday, the National League East. Uh, all three teams in the NL Central, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, clinching playoff berths. Uh, the lead for St. Louis over Pittsburgh is two games, over three games on Cincinnati. And the Dodgers, of course, uh, last week clinching in the <laughs> National League West. Got to say it in a Vin Scully voice. You got to, you know, Farmer John Sausages, you know what I mean? <laughs> always, always a wonderful thing. Uh, so that's everything that's going on in terms of where everything is. So Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are either going to be wild cards. You know one of them is guaranteed to be a wild card mm. or uh, fighting for the division championship. And Pittsburgh and Cincinnati do play each other to end the season. It, the way me and my uh, my cohorts on Touch Em All, when we recorded Monday and I looked at it, it seems like it's technically going to be a four-game series where the fourth game is the only one that matters because it'll be the play-in game in the wild card round. Uh, between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, because that's where things are destined to go at this point, it seems. Um, Magic number on Pittsburgh is three uh, for St. Louis. So we'll see what happens there. But away from that, St. Louis also in the news last night. Fozzie Bear was not in the house, but a -a walk-a-walk a good time was had. As a no-hit, no-run game was so near yet so far away for Mr. Waka. Uh, eight and two-thirds innings, Mr. Waka. I'm just going to call him Mr. Waka because I like saying Waka. Waka Waka. Yeah. Don't throw a tomato at me, please. I appreciate it, bro. Uh, you know, Michael Waka, eight and two-thirds through, no-hit, <coughs> no-run baseball. He's a 22-year-old rookie. I mean, what an awesome story this is. And then in comes Ryan Zimmerman. Round ball's hit off his glove. Shortstop can't handle it, and the throw takes the first baseman off the bag. There goes the no-hitter. So he finishes throwing a one-hitter and a 2 nothing St. Louis win. That was critical to the other two teams in the National League Central because it eliminated Washington from playoff contention. Woo! So uh, the Nationals are gone. Yay. Bring so back the, the Expos. Bring, hey, bring back Yuppie. Yuppie was awesome. Yuppie was the man. Yuppie was, he was the orange man. Yeah. He was my main man, you might say. My main But uh, 38,940 there to see the third almost no-hitter. I call it almost no-hitter because for the third time this season, somebody took either a no-hitter or a perfect game into the ninth inning only to lose it with two outs. Uh-huh. And so this is the year of the no, not almost no-hitter, even though we've had a couple. Well, last year was just the year of the no-hitter. Uh, so that's interesting stuff. Also of note, 
Did you hear from across the boroughs, as it were, John? I know you're based closer to me now, but play along with me here. I'm playing, man. Okay. You're, you're, I don't know what you're playing, and I don't really want to know in retrospect. Okay, so you you, you, you grew up in the Queens area. Brooklyn, yes. Queens, okay. Yes, sir. Let's say you were based there last night. Do you think you could have heard the rebel yell and the outcry from the Bronx over what happened at Mariano, Mariano Rivera bobblehead night? In the midnight hour. With a rebel yell. He screamed, mo, mo, mo. Oh, look at you. Like that, right? Play. Um, you know, reading this today, seeing the pictures, it's a freaking bobblehead. Seriously, you got a lot more problems than trying to get your hands on a bobblehead doll. Yeah. That most likely your eight-year-old kid is going to snap the head off of in a couple of weeks. I I can count uh, easily the number of bobbleheads that are broken in the Williams household here from my brother and from me and what have you. It, you know, and the funny thing is, and I was watching Olbermann last night. By the way, you should too, folks. And they actually had video from Yes. Uh, you know, what happened was the truck with the bobbleheads broke down in Jersey, fittingly. Maybe some, maybe maybe somebody was over there trying to, you know. Yeah, I was trying to steal some Mariano Rivera bobblehead dolls to put them on. Woke up this morning, got myself a gun, and got myself a bobblehead. Uh, something like that, possibly. You never know. But uh, it wasn't until about the third inning that they announced, Your attention, please. The Mariano Rivera bobbleheads are available at the kiosk, on the concourse. Thank you. <laughs> Derek Cheetah, number two. But, uh, and then you, you look at the, and this is a nightmare for PR on so many levels for the Yankees. First of all, they screwed this up. They screwed the pooch royally by oh, not yeah. getting the bobbleheads out there. But second of all, if you watched footage of the game from, say, the first, second inning onward, you saw nothing but empty seats as the game was being played. That does great business. That's just great, okay? Yeah. Because you got these tens of thousands of people on the concourse waiting for their freaking bobblehead. Well, you know, at the same time, too, you got people complaining about, you know, that they paid money to see a game, not stand in line away from it. Um, what's more important? I mean, you, you were waiting in line for a few minutes. You should have said, wow, you know what? I'm waiting here for 10 minutes. I'm not getting any closer than in front of the line. Screw the bobblehead. Yeah. I want to watch the Yankees play. Uh, it's just, uh, it, 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 you know, and we were talking about this before the show. You're like, it's a bobblehead. Who cares, ultimately? But it's a, it's big business. It's a big collectible. Every team has a bobblehead. I don't know, Vera. People want to grab it, put it up on eBay, which they already had. They're already on eBay selling for $250 and up. Yeah, I was going to check that. I don't doubt it. I yeah. do not doubt it at I all. I checked it this morning. It's just... By the way... The Mariano Rivera bobblehead doll looks nothing like Mariano Rivera. Looks more <laughs> like Sammy Sosa now with his pasty white skin. Oh, oh, no, that ain't right, man. It, it does. I'm sorry. That it does. Right. That is not my main man right there. Oh, my goodness. It really does. It, it doesn't look like... Okay, so we got one bobblehead doll, $99, one for $150, one for 100 one for another $150, $150, $150, $110, $142. $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $150, $
Well, there's a sucker born every minute. There'll be another one who'll take his place. No question about it. Let's continue the baseball trend. Talk a little bit about your main man. No, no I think you got to hit the sound bite for this one because this is true. You ready? Yes. You know that's my main man. Mike Trout, baby. Jim's main man, Mike Trout, outfielder of the Los Angeles Angels. He's going to wait for a contract. Gee, what a shock. Jesus Christmas. He's making $510,000 this year, Mike Trout. And that's only a salary that's bumped up because he won Rookie of the Year, okay? He's batting 324 with 26 home runs, 92 RBIs for a very underwhelming, underachieving Los Angeles Angels team. You would have to look at it and say, what if Mike Trout wasn't here? How much worse would the Angels have been this season? Oh God, they would have been a hundred loss team. They would have been were not. They would have been slugging it out with the Astros at the bottom of the division. Yeah. No question in my mind, he is single handedly the best player on that team. Yeah. And, so, and, and we've got and you wouldn't know why part of this is happening. <laughs> well, it, obviously it comes down to the fact that the Angels as a franchise right now. They've blown how much money over the last two years? Hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, are they going to be able to sign Mike Chai to a lucrative deal? Okay, do you want the realistic answer or my hopeful answer? Well, I know your hopeful answer is, and that's what I was going to ask you after this one. So give me a realistic answer first. I I think they have to. They absolutely have to. He is a franchise cornerstone-type player to build around. Now, who would have to go if they couldn't do it? I mean, honestly, do you think they could get somebody to take on Pujols' or Josh Hamilton's contract, even C.J. Wilson? I don't think they could. I, I don't know, but I'd rather build around Trout than around somebody who's, you know, got some baggage like Hamilton, uh, somebody who is on the downside of their career like Pujols. And make no mistake, he is on the downside of his career. He may have peaked yeah. just after he left St. Louis. No doubt about it. Um, that's what it comes down to. Uh, go ahead and ask the back end because you want me to be hypothetical. The back end now is this. Is Mike Trout waiting, hoping that they can't do it? Maybe he wants to come closer to home. Oh, how I'd love for him to be a Philly, and believe me, we have a major need for an outfielder here. I don't think he'll do it, though. Truth be told, if he goes anywhere, he's probably going to go to the Yankees. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm not saying that because, oh, the Yankees get everybody. He, he, I think, grew up as a Yankees fan, too, to a certain degree. And when he got to play uh, before he was drafted at Yankee Stadium, it was like one of the greatest moments in his young life. Uh, he has uh, some sort of affinity to that. And you know the Yankees won't be afraid to sign him. Um, well, you know what? Who would be? It's it's Mike Trout. You know? Well, exactly. No, Well, anybody in their right frame of mind, which means the Phillies are around anyway in that regard. The man deserves more than half a million dollars. Now, granted, let's keep everything in perspective. Athletes are completely overpaid for what they do. But on the baseline of everything being everything, Trout deserves way more than 510000 I say, I mean, he's a, he's a $10, 15000000 million a year guy the way he's playing. <laughs> well, his, his agent came out right you know, right away and said it, and I'll, and I'll quote it on him. He goes, I'll answer one question on contract talks. There have been no discussions. Obviously, Mike's future is extremely bright. We'll be patient. Mike's a young guy. However it goes, he's going to make a, a lot of money and be a great player, end quote. I would be willing to bet he's making more lucratively through sponsorships than he is making on the field right now. Oh, no doubt about it. You know you know what I would really love to see? Mm. I would really, really love to see a team like Kansas City go out and overpay for him. That would be awesome. I, I would love I, I, to I, go I to a team and that. lead that team to being so good for so many years. The the one little problem with that is the window for Kansas City, as I think we talked about, is next year, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, he's not arbitration salary ready until 2015, so that well, pooch is screwed. Well, let me ask you this. If the Angels think that they can't sign him, do you think they start fielding an office for him? As much as that will kill their fan base. It will. Well... It'll kill them to a certain degree. I mean, you've got the star power there. You've got, but but uh, Trout is the star of that team, and I'm not being biased in saying that. If you look around and you ask baseball fans, for goodness sakes, the the man had like five or six different promotions involving himself. Yeah. At the ball at the Big A this year. I mean, there's the the Trout fishy fishy hat and the Trout shot glass for God's sakes. Um, you have to field offers. You have to. You have to test the waters and see see what you can get. Good luck trying to get 
three or four players that can equal the five tools that Trout has on the table. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know. And the other aspect of this that's interesting, Trout from all I, and, you know, Brett, our good friend Brett Daniel, he's golfed with Trout, so he knows him more than I ever will. Humble guy, nice guy, down-to-earth guy, he gets it, as yeah. it were. So he's going to play the game. He's not going to make a big stink about it. He's just going to go out there and do his thing, 140, 150 games a year, and and just go on and do business as usual. Um, But one thing you brought up to me, and and we sort of talked about this again pre-show, we see these great performances from a guy like Trout, but of course we have to take the rose-colored glasses off, and even I do. Unfortunately. You have to wonder. Is it legit? Is it clean? I'm, of course, I'm going to say yes, and I'm hoping it's yes. I should say, but every time we see something like this, a Bryce Harper like performance from the last two years, you you have to say in the back of your mind something's up. Is is this legitimate? And that's that's what hurts, and that also might play a role into the waiting on the on the pay to a certain extent. Who knows? Uh. You know, I don't get that feeling when I watch hockey, when I watch basketball, even when I watch football. I don't say, oh, you know what, I, I can't really root for this guy because, I, I, you know what, I don't know if he does any type of steroids. Well, Only with baseball, I get that feeling when I watch it. Well, you, well, I think it's because there's more of a connection with baseball intimately than any other sport. You you see the players, you actually see what they look like, you get to you, you spend 162 days with them over the course of your life you spend half a year with them for lack of better terms they're in your living room they're you know uh, so on and so forth you, you you it becomes like it's like adopted family as it were yeah uh so there's a personal relation i guess it's a romanticism about baseball for lack of better terms yeah um, well i guess we'll uh keep our eye on mike trout and see what goes on with him uh out there in los angeles but i know and, you're and if he if he comes back here to millville I'm telling you. Uh, well, I if he comes back to Philadelphia. Well, no, no, no. I mean, in the off season. Oh, yeah. Because last off season he came back to Millville, and it was like freaking TMZ. It was like paparazzi out the wazoo, understandably, but still. Well, nobody's heard of Millville since Mike Chalk came out into the scene, so. The Holly City of America, the the home of Wheaton, a glass uh, warehouse du jour. <laughs> the second most violent city in New Jersey. <laughs> Actually, uh, fun fact about Vineland, Millville, Bridgeton, uh, David Letterman a few years ago uh, brought up the list of the worst places to live in America. Yeah. It was a legitimate statistical study. Vineland, Millville, Bridgeton, so in essence Cumberland County, where I live, mm-hmm. was the second worst place to live in America behind Kankakee, Illinois. Well, guess we got to move you out of there, huh? Well, you, you, you paying? Maybe. Okay. I'll just get you a pizza inside. Just don't break your arm. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> if it's my left arm, I can kind of you know, do it out. So. Uh, all right, let's get into a little bit of NBA here. we got a, a little over 11 minutes left in the show. Uh, story I'm just reading right now. Are you big into video games, Jim? I used to be back in the day, but I, I you know, it, it brings me back to my youth, for lack of better terms. Okay, one game i got to talk about right now, NBA Jam. No. <laughs> He's on fire! He's on fire! So here's a story now from Ben Ben Watanabe. I think I'm I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he's from that. You're saying it right, and I'll tell you why I know. I worked with him. Oh, there you go. Ben Ben Watanabe used to work at the Daily Journal in Millville covering Millville football, so I know the guy. Yeah. So there you go. Here's a story from him on Nesson right now. A report coming out that NBA Jam was rigged against the Chicago Bills, which included a code that made them shoot bricks at the end of games. <laughs> That's awesome. So, awesome. you know, Ben goes on to write, buried within an intriguing interview with ESPN the Magazine, game designer Mark Turmel revealed that the 1993 game was actually rigged against the Bulls, then coming off their third straight NBA championship. He goes on to say, excuse me, since he's a Detroit Pistons fan, he tells the team, uh, excuse me, he tells the magazine that the original game included a code that made it more difficult for Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant to hit clutch shots, and the game also lowered Pippen's ratings against a certain team. Guess who? Yes, the Detroit Pistons, because designer Mark Turmel was a big Detroit Pistons fan. This coming out now, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan that loved NBA Jam, and I loved NBA Jam's games, they were the greatest back in the day. Are you pissed? 
if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm a little ticked off by this, but I also have to laugh a bit because this is just it, it's it's kind of a, a, a an ode to them, really, when you get right down to it. They're that dominant. We have to just do everything foolproof to make them turn into the bricklayers, the Chicago bricklayers, for goodness sakes. There's a rock and jock reference for you kids. But what next? You're going to tell me there is a mode in, in the original game where Charles Barkley chokes when it comes time for the playoffs? Possibility. Actually, I think he did choke all the time in it. That'd be terrible. You, you talk about old school games. Charles Barkley shut up and jam. That was my jam right there. <laughs> shut up and jam. I forgot Shut about up that. Shut up and jam, no good here. Funny about that. It, it, you know, he, he goes on to say, you know what, if you're a Bulls fan and you're angry and you want to blame somebody, don't blame the game designer. Blame Michael Jordan for not letting his likeness be in the game, which, of course, we all know Michael Jordan didn't want his likeness in anything unless he was cashing out on it. So, Which, yeah, you know, the bet. The best are often egotists, but the best also hang around with Ahmad Rashad, so everything's relative. What pissed me off was in the arcade version, at the arcades, Jarazin mm-hmm. Petrovic was on the New Jersey Nets roster. Ooh. When it came out for Sega Genesis and the game console, first time, I ran out because, even though I'm a Knicks fan, I am also of Croatian heritage and big fan of Jarazin Petrovic at the time. Still am, to this day, God bless him. Yeah. Um, he wasn't on the Pistons. Uh, excuse me, he wasn't on the Nets, and it pissed me off. Yeah, that's... I was like, come on! But I do have the rare version oh. with Charles Barkley in it. Shut so. up and jam. That's what I'm saying. Shut up and jam. But let me ask you, all those players you mentioned, yes, would they ever put nicknames on the back of their jerseys? I would hope to God no. Mm. Like a moderate shot would have my main man on the back of his jersey. No, no, no. It, it would be main man on my jersey. But I thought this is main man. All right, man. So you brought it up. Why don't you tell us, uh, tell the listeners what you're talking about here? Okay. Well, there's this story coming out in the last couple of days where apparently the NBA is floating the idea during the upcoming Heat's Nets game that uh, players from both teams will be able to put nicknames on the back of their jerseys. Uh, kind of a gimmicky promotion thing. It's not the first time by any means this has been done in the history of sports. Let's think back to the XFL and Rod Smart, a.k.a. He Hate Me. It's been done in baseball, too. Uh, The Kansas City Athletics back in the 60s did that kind of thing. They would put either their first name or their nickname. Uh, This was like the, I think it was 1961 they did that. And how well did that serve them? Well, they ended up leaving for Oakland a couple years later, so nice job. But uh, this just sounds like another cheap publicity stunt to get more money for merchandise. That's all this is to me. Ray Ray Allen spoke about this. Okay. Dumbest comment from Ray Allen. So, you know. This could be, well, he said a few. He goes, and I quote, he goes, it shows growth in our league and it shows we do adapt to what's going on around us, end quote. What? Now, when we had the schoolyard guys coming out with their nicknames, Right. Back in the late 90s. That was when it should have happened. If they did it. No, it's Showing growth and how they adapt to No, because the NBA didn't adapt to Why wasn't Ray Ferrellson have skipped to my loo in the back of his shirt? You know, it's one thing if it's, like, done by the And One Mixtape Tour guys. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. That guy, that guy annoys the hell out of me. Okay, I, I get that, okay? You know, the professor, professor with the jam. Yep. You know, I, I get that, but it makes, you know, it, it almost is the streetball mentality coming to the forefront again. Yeah. Not that I'm against it. I, I love the style of play by and large, but how can you take somebody named King James, with King James on the back of his jersey seriously? You can't. How, and, and Shane Battier can't use Batman because, well, we can't make money, you know. We can't make money on this situation because we'd have to pay Marvel Comics out the backside to have him say Batman on the jersey. Yeah, yeah. And anytime it involves money, while we're trying to make money, we can't do that. But what what bothers me is that they're going to do this. Of course they are, because the NBA is... And the sad thing is they're going to make money. You're going to see somebody walking around with a Jesus Shuttlesworth jersey on. And it's not like it couldn't be done beforehand. You can do this. You can customize jerseys, for goodness sakes. It's oh, yeah. kind of, a, you know. But now they're just saying, okay, he, he, we're embracing it. You embrace it too, my friends. 
you know, it's, uh, you know, do something for charity. Why don't you put the names of uh, sick children in the back of your jerseys? That would be cool. That would you be know, classy. I'm fine with that. Do, I, I don't, you know, KG, he's going to have, what, the big ticket on the back of his shirt? Yeah. Point guard Kendall Marshall from the Phoenix Suns took to Twitter saying, the nickname makes it more about the individual. It's still a team sport. Represent your team, your family. Go out there and play. That, all that, all of that said, said agreed. Yeah. That's what it comes down Kendall to. Marshall revved it up, man. He's a rev. Rev Marshall, that's what I'm going to call him from now on. It comes down to the mentality of the athletes of the NBA, John. It is an I sport when it should be a we sport. Yeah. Simply put, that, that's that's the reason for all of this. Quite like frankly. I said, I want them to go out, do something big for charity. Go get some kids from St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Put their names on the back of your jersey. If those jerseys sell, that money goes to those kids' care. Let me ask you about this. Going back to the front of the jerseys for a second, you see in the international leagues, Mr. Croatian uh, Man of the Year 2013 that you are. <laughs> you, you watch EuroLeague basketball or you watch Australian basketball or whatever, uh, foreign basketball that's not the NBA, FIBA, yeah. if you will. You'll see sponsorships all over the front and back of the jerseys. Do you think that will ever happen in the NBA? Yeah, what, what, the advertisements? Yeah, the advertisements on jerseys. They've been talking about it for quite a while now. I think eventually you will see it happen. I mean, we see it at the WNBA level. For goodness sakes, the uh, Mohegan Sun Sun, or whatever it is, the uh, LifeLock Phoenix. Uh, but I'm talking about you'll see a dead-up New York Knicks jersey, and underneath it, under number, a big Sanyo patch. You know? <laughs> it's going to happen. It, uh, yeah, it, it probably it will. Because, you know what, no matter how much money the NBA makes, they want more. And that's the yeah. and, and that's why that's why people hate us as a society. And that's America for you. I mean, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate, but true. And you know, it's a shame. But like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll go back to the NBA nicknames. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's, it's stupid. It's dumb. There's, there's a lot of people that I know that have, that have talked out about it. I think if enough people talk out about it, it could possibly sway the NBA's decision against it. But in the end of the, in, you know, at the end of the day. They're going to do it, and they're going to make a lot of money off of it. They're going to do it. They're going to get the publicity. They've gotten it from us, haven't they? And uh, so on and so forth. And uh, it's just another – hopefully it's not a trend. Hopefully it's a one-off situation, but you never uh, know. Honestly, I think if it goes over, they're going to do it again. I and, and I, if I may be a little selfish for once, as a broadcaster – you know, sometimes you have to rely on the names on the backs of jerseys. So I don't want to go Swisher going out to the Big E, dropping it down the hole. Oh, what a jam by well, the Big thing, If they wear the nicknames on the back of the jerseys, is the NBA going to make their commentators call these players by their nicknames to hype up the jerseys? Yes, and the line between WWE and NBA is even blurred even more. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not like the palette. Well, no, the palette for the three. It's 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 going to be terrible. Yes, Ray Allen would have Jesus Shuttlesworth on the back of his jersey because that's the character he played in the game in the movie he got game. So okay, okay, could they fit it back there? Is what I'm wondering. I, I don't know, man. With the big egos of the Heat, you never know, man. Yeah, back. well, you can fit it across. Should I say it? Yes, you can fit it across LeBron's forehead. Oh, his balls. I have no room to talk. Thank you very much. Tip the field, try the waitress. She's amazing. All right, well, <laughs> I'm against it. You're against it. We're all against stupid. it. It's doofusy. Well, it's that's it. Word. That's it for today's show, Jim. <laughs> oh, what a shame. And it was a quick one. Yes, it was. That's what she said. But we will be back Friday. We will be back. We will preview and we will prognosticate, hopefully more accurately, the NFL slate of games for week four, factoring, of course, in there are bye weeks now in effect. So uh, take note, take heed. Take note. Take yeah. note as well. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely looking forward to Friday. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. We also want to thank the rock band Adrenaline. Oh, yeah. For hooking us up with their song, Beautiful, which is our new intro song here in 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. You can check out Adrenaline, Parma, Ohio, at the Rock City Tap House, Friday night, 8.30 p.m. The band goes on the stage. Tickets $12, WIFL will be there in attendance. Washington Wildcats quarterback Tia Nipper will be there with some free stuff for the fans. So get out there, check out some great music, and also head over to music.
com to find out more about this awesome, awesome band. So, for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. So long, everybody. <laughs>